0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. And since your home is likely to be one of the largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. They take everything into account when putting together your mortgage. And Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, where you can also enter to win some DNVR swag. Mike and Virginia are great. Like I've said, they've been part of our DNVR family for a long time. So make sure to check them out at dnvrmortgage.com, Michael Chevalier, NMLS, 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS, 1910631. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number
1: one for the one and only, DNVR. Two goes out to Zach, Mace, Arcade, and the bar. Fallen.
0: NVR Broncos Podcast on this magnificent Monday. We're not looking back. We're looking toward the future because that's what you need to do when the Broncos are 0-3. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, gotta tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life msu denver is the colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom msu denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs some of our very own staff members at dnvr are taking msu denver online classes and they say that it is affordable and they say that it, they really do build the classes around the skills that you'll need once you graduate. So make sure to check them out at msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer, including over 40 online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what is up?
2: Hey, not much. We've already got some news today on the Broncos. A change.
0: Oh, a change in there. at...
2: In their schedule. In a kickoff time. The Patriots game. Coming up here in a couple of weeks. In week 5. Is going to be played. At 2.25pm mountain time. Moved from 11am. So a brunch kickoff. Turns into a standard. Afternoon kickoff in Denver. I think there's only one reason. It's being moved and It's got nothing to do with the Broncos. It's all about cam
0: you sure you, you sure it's the nfl hasn't liked what they saw from the broncos maybe wanted another quarterback change mid-game to uh oh. to really make that 225 prime time game a little more juicy
2: yeah or or maybe the nfl really wants to see blake bortles because by then i think uh if drew Locke has not gotten back into the lineup i think we probably are looking at the blake bortles experience for the patriots game the question zach is whether we're looking at the Blake Bortles experience for the Jets game on Thursday night.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, we we really could be which would just be absolutely incredible and all eyes are rightfully on that quarterback position. Mason certainly we're going to be looking at that heavily throughout oh. the rest of this week as well. But let's But like,
2: it's first of all though, it is such a pathetic controversy. Yeah. We are literally. This is a. Uh, this is an ar- argument over the second and third quarterbacks. This is the quarterback controversy. This is farcical.
0: Yeah, you on know, its surface. Being in Denver since Peyton left, <laughs> there had to be a quarterback <laughs> controversy. We just get it uh, in this form, which is a crazy form to be in. Whether it's Jeff Driscoll, Brett Ripon, or Blake Bordo's just wild to say that. We're going to talk to Vic later today, and so make sure to check out thednvr.com for all the updated coverage on what's going on with the quarterback situation use that promo code Broncos 2020 when you sign up to get yourself a free shirt mask and sticker pack that's Broncos 2020 so Mace that's going to be the talk of the town for the rest of the week once we find out who the quarterback is so I wanted to ask you what other changes do the Broncos need to make because like I said yesterday Jeff Driscoll wasn't good obviously he did not shoulder all the blame for that loss. The offense in in, in total was terrible along with Jeff Driscoll. So not just on the offensive side, but what needs to change with this team in less than a hundred hours for them to go into New York and get their first win of the season.
2: Okay. Well, the problem is like, like the, uh, some of the obvious changes, if you just go by performance, I don't think you want to make like, for example, Boy, Cushenberry is clearly struggling at center right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. And at the same time, he is the guy for the future. I, there have been some promising moments for Cushenberry, but there, there have been moments where clearly he's feeling the effect of losing OTAs and preseason football. So unfortunately, even though, uh, even though you, you may be tempted, I think you have to keep putting Cushenberry out there.
0: He's,
2: he allowed four pressures yesterday and we've seen now two consecutive games where you've had opponents that blitzed a lot and really tried to exploit the a gap which is of course going right at cushionberry so i think what i think what you do is you, you have to leave him out there it's it's the uh it's sort of like in in the old top gun back in 1986 after matt after tom cruise's maverick uh, had seen his 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 rear goose uh, die and he was having some trouble getting over it and uh Viper says keep sending him up you got I think you just have to keep sending Cushionberry out there and figure that Glasgow and Reisner are going to help make him better that being said yesterday Reisner and Glasgow weren't very good either and in fact if you subscribe to the pro football focus rankings you'll see that uh, Glasgow allowed two pressures and of course had a penalty and Reisner was credited with three pressures allowed in the game so uh, So I think you just kind of have to ride it out. Another spot that maybe that you look at, of course, is right tackle. And it was uh, actually – it was a better game for Elijah Wilkinson yesterday than he had had against Pittsburgh. But still, I don't know what they're waiting for, DeMar Dotson.
0: It is just mind-blowing, Mace. And uh, like I said yesterday – you, when, when you take a look and a step back and look at this Broncos offensive line, you should have two really good players at left guard and at right guard. Center, you have an up-and-coming guy. So you expect some highs, some lows. And Mace, that's what we've seen. Week one, Lloyd Cushenberry was really good. Week two and three, he was not very good. He struggled a lot. So that's what you expect. So you're not making a move there because he is the future. You're, not, you're at least not making a move right now. Uh, and then at tackles, we knew those were both going to be weak spots of the offensive line. Well, yesterday against, uh, against the Bucks, everything was bad. Everything was bad across the line. Cushenberry, both of your great players were really bad, uh, and then your tackles were about what you thought they were going to be. But Mace, you can't make a change uh, at, at tackle or, or at uh, center. You can't make a change uh, at either guard position. Uh, I guess you could put Moody in, but th- I mean, it, th- that's just not a mm. realistic choice that the Broncos are going to do right now is bench either Glasgow or Reisner. You're not going to do that. Uh, you don't have a replacement for Garrett Bowles. You have one spot that you can change and that is right. Tackle at Elijah Wilkinson with DeMar Dotson. You do that. You do that. I know it's a short week. It's not ideal, But you know what else is an ideal is having really poor tackle play. And if you can help that at least a little bit, you do it. DeMar Dotson is a guy that has started over 100 career games. And so he's a guy that does not need a lot of practice before he plays. So get him in there. That is a very tangible thing that the Broncos can do uh, on the offensive side.
2: Can you believe that we're talking about Garrett Bowles being the most stable element of the Broncos offensive line.
0: (laughs) That is absolutely wild. They said either meant really good things or really bad things.
2: Well, it it actually means both because it doesn't say a lot for the rest of the offensive line, but it also says something about how how Garrett Bowles is coming along. Uh, Pro football focus credited him with one pressure allowed yesterday. Three for the season. How many pressures do you think Garrett Bowles had allowed at the same point last year?
0: Um, up through three games, I'm going to say eight. Nine. Nine. And,
2: and seven in 2018 and nine in 2017.
0: Holy smokes, holy smokes. And, and before we go any further, got to welcome our guy, Ryan Konigsberg, on with us. Ryan, what's up, my friend?
1: What's up? Were you talking about how many starting quarterbacks the Broncos have had this season? Nine?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, if they get a new starting quarterback on Thursday, if it's not Jeff Driscoll, it will be nine. A league-high nine starting quarterback since Peyton Manning left in
1: 2016. And it could very possibly be 10 the week after that. <laughs> oh,
0: my goodness. It very, very possibly could be. Uh, what we're talking about is what changes the Broncos should make not relating to the quarterback position because we know that, that, that that's going to be the talk of the town the rest of the week. So, what else can the Broncos do to improve? We just went through the offensive line and said the only change you can make there is DeMar Dotson. Of course, Ryan, I think I speak for you as well. We would make that change at right tackle, even yep. on a short week, because DeMar Dotson is a guy that doesn't need a lot of practice time. Uh, and b- before we we go to another change the Broncos could make, guys, I cannot believe that the Broncos pulled their quarterback before they pulled their right tackle. I, I mean, wh- what's going on? That just is so crazy to me. It just seemed like the Broncos were so, so stubborn with making any changes like that. Yeah. They do it with the quarterback position, but still won't do it with right tackle. It, it blows my mind.
1: Yeah. It's crazy because it's, it's not as if you have uh, an undrafted second year guy uh, out of Boise State sitting behind Elijah Wilkinson. You have a nine-year, ten-year veteran who's played at a fantastic level in this league. It's it's incredible that you would make that other move before benching Elijah Wilkinson. And this just is starting to feel like that that stubbornness that we saw a little bit with Drew Locke last season, where it's like everyone wants it so bad that, and they're just like so stuck in their ways that they're like, nope we're right about this it's not the public that's right about this and we might not even give the public a chance to say they were right
0: right because then they have a chance of being wrong if they let the public see that they're right it's it's crazy so what else needs to change with this entire Broncos team I'll, I'll throw something out and I think it's just the the offensive play calling in general the offensive scheme You have a lot of weapons. Even with Cortland Sutton out, you have a lot of weapons still. You're going to get another weapon back with Phillip Lindsey. But you have to be creative with these weapons if you don't have a quarterback. I love when Jerry Judy is in motion. I love when he's running behind the quarterback and it catches the defense on their heels a little bit. The same thing with K.J. Hamler in motion. We see that like once or twice a game. I want to see that every other play or heck every single play puts someone in motion, uh, especially these guys with, with a lot of speed, a lot of talent. Uh, so I, I need to see that. I think that'll help the quarterback uh, out a little, take a little pressure off of him and the play calling just needs to be a lot more creative, have fun with it uh, because you're not winning, just playing traditional football. So you might as well get crazy with it. And I haven't seen, any crazy since really the first drive that the Broncos had uh, to, to start the season where you had Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon uh, in the backfield together. And since it's just been boring.
1: Absolutely. And uh, the craziest thing to me is that you saw zero, zero run pass option plays run for Jeff Triscoll yesterday. I mean, what are we, what are we doing here? I, like I, I tweeted this out. If Jeff Driscoll running wasn't a part of the game plan when you signed Jeff Driscoll, like, I, like you know, Mace was so hard on it. And I said, oh, well, I kind of like having an athletic quarterback. You can run RPO. You can, you know, uh, use a, a different way of keeping the defense on their heels than just the quarterback's arm. If the Broncos weren't thinking that when they signed Jeff Driscoll, I have literally no idea why they signed him.
2: Yeah, why we should not play to a guy's strengths. That's the thing. I mean, I feel I feel like we discuss this every year. It's like the conversation from 2018 when we're asking, why aren't you going play action with Case Keenum when he's proven to be good at this? Why aren't you taking advantage of Jeff Driscoll's skill set when clearly he's not a good quarterback in the pocket and clearly one of his best attributes is the fact that he can get some yardage with his legs. I I, I don't grasp why they keep trying to squash, to, to squash, pardon me, square pegs into round holes over and over again.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's, uh, it doesn't work, and I don't, I don't know why. It, having Jeff Driscoll run seems like the most simple thing to do as well, and they didn't do that. Now, do you do that if it's Brett Rippon at quarterback this week?
1: Do you, no. Do you get him out on the move? Yeah. No Um, uh
2: he's a pocket passer
1: yeah (laughs) as i said he's about getting the
0: ball out quick
1: right as i said uh on broncos beat this morning if you let him get hit he's gonna put the r.i.p in (laughs) ripping
0: yes exactly exactly he he certainly will uh and guys on the other side kind of sticking with play calling I think the Broncos have to bring a lot of pressure this week and not only bring pressure, but give some confusing looks. I have not seen the Broncos defense do that. And I just thought that's what Vic Fangio was for, to be that defensive mastermind, to throw different looks, uh, you know, before pre-snap when a quarterback, when that'll mess up a quarterback and with Sam Darnold, I think this defense has to score for the Broncos to beat the Jets on Thursday night. The Colts had absolutely no problem doing that yesterday. Two pick sixes off Sam Darnold yesterday. The Broncos are going to have to have at least one. And you got to help your players out. you got to do things that either put Sam Darnold in a really bad position like Alexander Johnson in his face and make him throw the ball quick, or you got to do things where the coverage is messed up so he doesn't know what's happening. You have to do that. Don't just play, uh, you know, base nickel defense and let Sam dink and dunk his way down the field.
1: Oh, man, I'm a, I'm already dreading this football game, honestly. Um, I'm afraid they're going to start Jeff Driscoll. I'm afraid that the game plan against him is so easy that they're going to make it tough. And, and Sam Darnold is a significantly better quarterback than Jeff Driscoll. So put aside everything else that you know about the Jets, in my opinion, they enter the game with a distinct advantage in a very important category. And even if you do start uh, Brett Rippon, I still don't feel great about it. I think he gives you a much, much, much better chance at making yourselves a little more difficult to game plan for. And you actually saw when when they didn't blitz Rippon is when he had more issues. Well, I prefer that. I prefer that uh, immensely. I prefer the defense saying, we want you to go to your second and third reads rather than we're just going to blow you up off the snap. Uh, you can at least run the ball a little more and start doing things like that. Uh, but I don't like the fact that the Jets enter this game with an advantage at the most important position, even if Sam Darnold's already seeing ghosts because they haven't protected him in years.
2: Yeah. That, the thing with Sam Darnold is you start wondering what sort of long-term damage that it, he's going to absorb by being around that team. But I think you hit the nail on the head it, at least when you blitz Brett Rippen, he has a quick enough processor back there to recognize it and go to the vacated spot and take advantage of what's being created because of the blitz. Unfor- unfortunately, Jeff Driscoll does not possess that quick processor under center and in the shotgun because it's it's not something he appears to have. And that's, I mean, that honestly, that and that alone, guys, is why I would go with Brett Rippon on Thursday night. Because and also just simply because I don't think you can get Blake Bortles ready enough in terms of his schematic knowledge to be a viable option as anything but an emergency quarterback.
0: You uh, guys, you, I was you know, why it won't happen, why, why it, it wouldn't happen if they don't start Brett Ripon? he would be the smallest quarterback that has ever started the game in the John
1: O.A. era. Oh, wow. Um, I was blown away by this, guys. I've seen a couple of people tweet out some polls asking Broncos fans what quarterback they want to start on Thursday night. And every time I've seen one of these polls, Blake Bortles is winning in a landslide. Someone riddle me this. I don't understand. Why, why do people want Blake Bortles, especially more than Brett Rippitt?
0: Well, it's either two things. It's, it's either experience and, you know, former first-round pick. He's got the tools in the basket. Or it's memes, you know, just Blake Bortles. At this point, it's 0-3. There's not much hope from people, so they just want some comedy.
2: That's All sad. right,
1: I'm on board with the memes.
2: <laughs> I, I get the memes, but the memes will still be there if it, whenever you get Blake Bortles in, if you get him in New England. They're, they're still going to be there on the other side. So I, 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 I want to see Ripon get the shot, just in part because I kind of like the dude. Oh on a, a personal level, I just think he's, he's a good guy. I enjoyed talking with him in the locker room last year, just when people went up when when everyone else was covering press conferences he 's smart I think he's, I think he's actually going to be an outstanding coach on the other side of all this oh yeah
1: yeah, and that, and that is why I want him mace you, you uh, illustrated my point perfectly he 's going to be a coach. why? Because he understands football really, really well. And the only thing that, uh, that maybe Jeff Driscoll, in my opinion, has over Brett Ripon, actually there's two things. One is his legs. Well, we know the Broncos don't give a damn about that, so that's useless. Two is his arm strength, and that is also useless right now because when Jeff, when Jeff Driscoll's in there, they're sending the house, and he doesn't have time to even get to his first read, let alone let a, a route develop down the field. Give me the guy who sees the field through the eyes of a coach. And that's Brett Rippon, man. This guy is smart. He won a hell of a lot of games uh, as a college quarterback. He's seen every defense because no one could stop his offense in college. They tried everything to try and stop him, and they couldn't. And he he gets it. He gets what he's going to have to do. You know, I can't remember if I said this on the show, but I put it into our Madden chat last night. Jeff Driscoll is the guy in Madden who just – you know, presses A on the top coach suggestion and just runs the play. And, you know, if you've played that game enough, you'll realize that it's not going to get you very far. Brett Rippon can get to the line, uses hot routes, audible, move the plays, move guys around. He gets what he's seeing rather than just getting the play in his ear and going out and running it. I, I think it's, it's actually a landslide for me uh, how obvious it is to start Brett Ripon this week
0: and i think that's that's i think what all three of us would do but outside of quarterback are are there any other big things that the broncos could do maybe not even big things but but just other things that the broncos can do to help themselves
1: put vic in the box
0: <laughs>
2: yeah we hadn't even gotten to the defensive side of it yet cuz we're just talking about the offense cuz you know right now you know, Lloyd Cushenberry is struggling, but I think you have to keep sending him out there. Noah Fant had a bad game on Sunday, with allowing a sack, a couple of drops, a penalty. But you have to keep sending him back out there. And what you have to do is also make sure that he's not in position to go up against a Jason Pierre-Paul type of edge rusher one-on-one. I mean, that's that that's something that's schematic. That's something that's actually on the coaches more
0: than him. So there's there's really one thing. tangible you can do on the offensive side of the ball
1: I talked about the scheme stuff is
0: there anything tangible on the defensive side
1: uh yeah stop if you're gonna have Josie Jewell on the field do not ask him to cover anyone I mean uh, you're just throwing it away like you're better off playing a zone that covers an area uh, and trying to keep these guys in front of you than you are putting Josie Jewell in man coverage I mean uh, just send him downhill. Just You, you signed up for this uh, when you wanted to make Josie Jewell a starting linebacker, which is fine. But then don't go ask him to do things that he can't do. Uh, and you saw Tom Brady, a smart quarterback, was able to identify miss, a mismatch there and just, just exploit it all game long. So, I you know, you got to come up with something to make Josie Jewell play to his strengths the same way that you should have had Jeff Driscoll play to his strengths. But if you're going to put guys out there and ask them to do things that they're not good at, you will have a bad time in to game in and game out.
2: Yeah, and the numbers on Josie Jewell yesterday, according to Pro Football Focus, he was targeted eight times yesterday. Seven catches allowed for 107 yards, and probably most damningly 48 yards of that 107 coming after the catch.
0: Yeah, that, yeah that's a big Yeah, because there's nowhere yikes. in the area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't have to be a three-down linebacker. In fact, I, I know your secondary is a little weak right now without having A.J. Boye, but the saying Bassie has really impressed me. Don't be afraid to rely on these rookies because you're already relying on them so much. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a really good one, Ryan. Uh,
1: the only Why not play uh, Trey Marshall as sub-linebacker you know, on third downs?
0: No reason not to. No reason not to. I, I like that a lot. Uh, the only young guy that I can think about that maybe should get some more play time uh, is McTelvin. He only played nine snaps yesterday. uh, And man, if if you need a playmaker, he at least has the potential for that. Now you're obviously going to get some bad with playing him a lot of snaps, but I think he's a guy that can, can provide that interior push And Broncos. Didn't really have it yesterday. Uh, and you, you want to get after Sam Darnold. So I would step it up and, and play McTelvin way more than nine snaps.
2: It's interesting that he only had the nine snaps, and I believe Anthony Ciccolo working on the edge had 33 snaps.
0: <laughs> yeah, wild. So, which is wild. He, he- – I mean, he didn't get much
2: pressure, but he made a de- decent acquittal of himself in coverage. I mean, I would, the thing is I wouldn't want to see more of him because you're already seeing him for 33 snaps. But, yeah, McTelvin, you should give him a little bit more run, especially you talk about guys that are the future of their position. McTelvin Ajim is one of the guys who is a future a potential stud on the defensive line. You don't have Draymond Jones out there. You don't have Demarcus Walker. Give McTelvin a run of 30 to 35 snaps on Thursday night. Why not?
0: And once he's on count- the field, we would all uh, we'd all know who he is. Unlike Chickillo,
1: yeah, count me in, count me in for uh, in playing any young guys more, um, whatever whatever that means. Oh man, this this Thursday night game is <laughs> you know. It's a weird feeling when, all, when you used to just dunk on these terrible Thursday night matchups, then all of a sudden it, it's you. And <laughs> it, it's almost like, you know, those dreams where you showed up to school without clothes on or something and everyone's staring at you. And you're, just like, <laughs> you're like, oh God, I'm on the wrong, like I'm on the other side of this now. It's, uh, it's rough. This is going to be a terrible football game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it certainly will be, and it is just amazing talking to people over the past twelve hours. Just how bad the Jets are, and mm-hmm. the fact that the Broncos are favored by two and a half, and that line looks like it's going to go up to three at some point because of the the way the odds are on that two and a half is just incredible. I mean, how bad are the Jets? when an 0-3 Broncos team has to travel across country on the road to play a Thursday night game. Oh, and by the way, they don't know who their starting quarterback is, and they're still two-and-a-half-point favorites. Holy <laughs> smokes.
1: Yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook is literally saying, we do not care who starts at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> the- lose lost- you, Ryan?
0: <laughs> well, I think – think we got him back. Okay. Uh so guys my question to you is with looking at this line what would the line be for each quarterback the Broncos start? How would you put the line?
2: Okay, I would say just because I have more confidence in him. I would say Brett Rippin -5. Oh
0: wow. Oh yeah. wow, that's big time.
2: Because uh, I I I don't think he'll I don't think he'll make as many mistakes as the other two, just because he's, he's been around. I think he'll just take he'll take what's there. I mean, the one miscue that he had yesterday, you're trying to force it on fourth down. You know what? You're behind by 18 points. That's the kind of mistake that you give a little bit of a free pass on in that scenario. I think in, in a game where you start off on even terms, he's going to make better decisions. He's going to make quicker decisions. I think he'll probably play dink and dunk. Quite a bit in the game, and with the receiving targets you have, that's it's okay to play dink and dunk with this with this offense. Just just get the ball out quickly, uh, move down, take your take your three to five five seven yards. Take just take what's there. And I think Rippon is more capable of that, and is more capable of avoiding mistakes, which plays into the Broncos' hands anyways. I think with with Blake Bortles, I'd have them as a two point favorite. With Jeff Driscoll I'd have them as a three point underdog.
0: Wow, that is a massive swing between Driscoll (laughs) and Rippon. Man, if you're seeing it as an eight-point swing, that's pretty incredible if the Broncos don't go that way. Ryan, how do you see it?
1: Yeah, um, with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, I probably put the Broncos as six-and-a-half-point underdogs. (laughs) Wow.
0: Um, I I thought I I was bad.
1: (laughs) I truly do not believe they have a chance to win the game if, if he starts um it's just too easy it's just too easy to game plan for that any defense I mean you could send out CU's defense and they can send uh you know seven man pressures and cover on the backside if you can't throw it over the top anyway um they are, there's no there's nothing to be afraid of uh especially if the Broncos aren't going to let him run so to me I, I just I don't think like you know he made some plays in the Pittsburgh game when they were kind of feeling him out, but when the uh, Buccaneers came in and said, "Like we're sending pressure, we don't care what you do," it it showed the whole league that exactly that. Just send pressure. You're going to be able to stop the run with that pressure anyway if they try to run it. And uh, once you know he doesn't know how to identify a blitz, so you're going to have a free rusher whenever you want one. Um, with Blake Bortles, I would make the Broncos a three-point underdog. Um, I just – I think it's just asinine to try to start a quarterback with, what, three practices with the team?
2: And not even a real practice this week.
1: Yeah, and zero (laughs) – Yeah, so, I mean, you might have, like, eight to ten plays you can even call. Uh, Otherwise, you're just drawing stuff up in the sand uh that that just it's so outlandish that it might actually happen um and finally with Brett Rip I would make this game a pick'em um I think that you know he gives them a chance to win I don't know how much that chance is but I think that you at least you at least believe in his ability to just get you get the ball moving um, and the the Tampa Bay defense wasn 't playing I need to go back and rewatch it i 'm going to go re rewatch that drive today, but it i don 't think they were playing the soft this game is over type of defense against Brett Ripon that some people out there are trying to push today um, Of course, they might not have had their bite as much as they did earlier in the game, but it wasn 't like they just sat back and were like, Go ahead, take whatever you want underneath, just run the clock. They were still coming after him and And he knew how to get out of it. So I I think Brett Rippon gives the the team a chance. But I think the narrative around the New York Jets is making this line worse than it really should be in real life.
0: Yeah, I think it's like four-and-a-half point underdog if it's Jeff Driscoll. I think it's two-and-a-half if it's Blake Bortles. And I think it's two. If it's Brett Rippon, uh, maybe I don't know how bad the Jets are. But at the end of the day, what I turn to is the quarterback. And in any of those three situations, the Jets have a better quarterback. They are at home. Uh, and I know there's a lot of other things at play here, but that's just how I would set the line right now. Uh, and we're, we all agree that Brett Rippon gives them the best odds to win this game. We'll see if the Broncos coaching staff uh, agrees with that because they have to make a decision very quickly with of course the game just 72 hours away pretty much
2: if you were Vic Fangio would you announce a quarterback publicly or would you just keep us all guessing until Thursday night
1: I would n- not announce anything
2: I uh-huh. wouldn't either
1: uh, you know a lot of times we as the media hate this type of stuff but I I don't there, there's no benefit of announcing anything publicly I mean you can do it privately and it'll probably leak anyway but you don't gain anything from say from telling your opponent who's going to be the quarterback not that it's not that it's going to be that difficult for the Jets to game plan for whoever it is but um, you probably want the Jets having Blake Bortles in the back of their mind uh, just because there's so much tape out there that they could just waste a lot of time watching the uh, you know oodles and oodles of uh, Blake Bortles tape that exists out there for no reason.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing to watch on um, Brett Rippon for the most part. Man, yeah, it, I I've always been under the belief of why would you give this information up? And I, I'm always shocked that that people do announce these things. So I wouldn't, but I gotta think the Broncos will.
2: They announce think- okay. it. Yeah, they announce it because they don't want their players answering question after question over the course of a week but here's the thing the players are only available one day this week and of course it's in a much more controlled environment because everything is over zoom press conferences so you have a chance to uh, have a little bit of subterfuge here it sort of reminds me of the days when mike shanahan was coaching and he'd be asked on friday if some player was starting or backing up and with a little twinkle in his eye he'd say we'll have to show up on sunday (laughs)
1: yeah yeah that's what I would do and I think Vic Fangio likes to play coy with the media too so I'll actually be surprised if they announce a starting quarterback today Mm -hmm. um if they what would you prefer from from the from this podcast perspectives for for the next two days
0: oh give me a quarterback name a quarterback right now (laughs) please
1: (laughs) see I kind of like being able to go through the options every day um because like if they announce Jeff Driscoll as a starting quarterback, and as crazy as we think that sounds, remember where the money is. Always follow the money. Um, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow a gasket on this podcast tomorrow. <laughs> well,
0: I'll be here for that. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: uh, of course, after I do that, I'll probably need a, a beer. Uh, and I will always turn to Breckenridge Brewery. When I need an ice cold beer, a uh, big shout out to them for all of their support throughout the pandemic, through everything. When, when we were just little old BSN Denver, they had our backs before we had a bar. Uh, they are a true partner. They, they define what that means in this business and we appreciate them. And we also appreciate them for making damn good beers. So when you need a cold one, um, head down to the DNVR bar, just head down to your local liquor store and get yourself some Breckenridge Brew, and it, actually a quick shout out to uh, Bronco Harrison, who came down to the DNVR bar yesterday after going to the game and, uh, and had himself an RK special. Uh, appreciate you for tuning in every day, but yeah, make sure you get yourself a, a Breck brew when your team makes you drink.
0: <laughs> and Breckenridge Brewery is certainly can't miss. And something else that can't miss is the deal DraftKings Sportsbook is offering. Again, not once, not twice, not three times, but for a fourth week in a row, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming in with their can't miss deal. And they're giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. And that's has happening for week four of the NFL season. So If you really believe in any of the Broncos quarterbacks to beat the Jets, well, sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now, and you can turn $1 into $100 when you hit on one bet. That's right, $1 on any team, and if that bet hits, you will win $100. And if for some reason you don't like betting on the Broncos because you stay away from that, well, They're giving baseball or basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. So make sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook. What's awesome about them is they're safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use a promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during the week four season in the NFL. Bet $1 on them and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use a promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time only, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Profit, boost, terms, and conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
1: Real quick, um, so DraftKings also does a 20 for, 20% profit boost. This is for existing users. 20% profit boost on every single NFL game. Uh, they've done it every week of the season so far. That means, guys, that you can get the Kansas City Chiefs tonight at plus 180 to win. That means bet 100, win 180, plus the 100 that you already got. Uh, am I crazy for thinking that, like, that? that's a – you just have to do it. If you can get – Patrick Mahomes at almost two to one odds. You just have to take it.
0: Yeah. That is just absolutely incredible. I love the chiefs in this game with the three and a half and man, just straight up. I might as well. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm not, (laughs) and I'm not even exaggerating. I don't think,
0: (laughs) I mean, it just must be how everyone felt when Peyton Manning became an underdog every once in a while.
1: Yep, yep. Mace, what do you think is going, going to happen in this in this game?
2: Ah, mm. uh, sorry, I was reading about Sam Darrell. We're talking about Thursday night, right?
1: We're talking <laughs> about Monday night. <laughs> Monday tonight.
2: night. I'm I'm already on to Thursday. Um, you know what? I've got I've got the Chiefs winning it. it. This is a game where if we were in a normal environment, Baltimore having a hostile crowd, I think it would actually work against the Chiefs a little bit. Not going to have that advantage. Straight up, the Chiefs are are better overall, more firepower. I got Casey.
0: It's pretty impressive the uh, slate of games we got tonight. You know, you got Baltimore and Kansas City. Then Thursday night, you got the Broncos and Jets. The NFL lining up these games real good. It, it's hard to choose which one's better.
2: Well, hey, maybe it, yeah. You can't you can't have all main courses. Sometimes you've got to eat your vegetables.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is like. I I was trying to think of a vegetable that sucks, but I don't really dislike any vegetables. Um, I will will say these are both something-gotta-give games. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) Someone's going to have a loss tonight, and on Thursday night, someone's going to have a win. Although, don't tell that to the Eagles and Bengals.
0: Oh, yikes.
1: Yikes. Yeah, yikes is definitely the right uh, phrase for what's going on with the Eagles.
0: Man. The, the Bengals got to be feeling good about that game, right?
1: Yeah, anything more than a loss is a win for the Bengals. <laughs> Although when it might cost them a future, like when that stupid tie is the difference between them having like the number two pick and the number five pick, they're probably not going to be as excited about it. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Even though they would probably trade down anyway if they had the number two
1: yeah it's possible. it's possible, but you want you want that yeah. you want to be able to trade down and stock up, but you also exactly you know, they
2: might get the number five anyway if they get the number two because but then get a heck of a lot more. This is the kind of thing that could it could conceivably cost them three like two or three first round picks in the future.
1: Bad news for the Broncos is there is a log jam at the bottom of this football league. Um, It is not going to be easy to get a top five pick this year. You know, people are people, because they don't have a win, you can talk about Trevor Lawrence. Um, But you, I mean, you're a couple, like every win is going to cost you dearly in the draft position race this year. It's a, it's going to be like, you you could see a situation where four and 12 doesn't even get you in the top five.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you, you could. And man, that That's why any conversation for having a top pick I don't think starts until after this Jets game. If you win and you you know you're getting drew back in a couple of weeks, so you're you're not
1: going to be in that you lose. It's a little interesting. Could there be like a a weird lesson that the Broncos learned this week where they see what happened to Sam darnold, a quarterback who they actually liked in the draft process quite a bit? and they realize, like, man, maybe we shouldn't play Drew Locke until we have an offensive line in front of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they very well could. And now Makai Becton's out, right? I don't know if oh. he's out on Thursday, but he left the game and did not return, I believe, yesterday.
1: Oh, no. Oh, yeah. gosh. That's uh... – he was playing well. I was impressed by he was. him. He was, yeah.
0: Pretty much the only piece they had on the offensive line. This is going to get – oh
1: god this game
0: oh this will be the the return of conor mcgovern i guess not the return but the broncos
1: get to go up against him conor mcgovern revenge game and he's not having a good season (laughs) is he not no he's not he's getting paid though so good for him
2: yes he is that's life-changing money he got good for him
1: let's jump into the comments from the listeners as we have quite a few here i'll start here from saber bronco Backtrack to the 2018 draft. Instead of the Nelson or Chubb debate, should we be disappointed that we passed on Josh Allen? I'm not the biggest Allen fan, nor do I think he would have meshed well with VJ or Fangio like he has with Sean McDermott. With that being said, when he's used right, he looks capable of a quarterback and uh, he looks like a capable quarterback in this league and one you can take deep into the playoffs. So excuse me while I live in my alternate reality where we hired Kyle Shanahan and drafted Josh Allen. As for the real world, it's a world of suck. And I Still find myself watching until the end. On a side note, I'm the only one who – am I the only one who dislikes the 10-minute single overtime rule? I understand I'm not wanting to keep the game going into a double OT, but why not just play a full 15 minutes or go with the NCAA overtime rules? I just hate ties, I guess. Here's to better days and many brews along the way. Cheers, fellas. Yeah, I
2: actually – I like the, the overtime, the 10-minute overtime. And then what they should do after it is they should have college overtime after 10 minutes.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. I just don't like the ten minutes, and and that's it. So, uh, but Mace, I I would can totally get behind your proposal.
2: It's the soccer concept. You play thirty minutes of extra time, and then you have penalties. Then you have the contrived format to break a tie, and that's unfortunate. And I know RK. I think do you like the college overtime?
1: Um. It's entertaining. I like yeah. it for college. I don't like it for the NFL. It's not real football.
2: Exactly. It's 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 a contrived format, and that's why even in college, I wish they would play at least or at least have like traditional possessions and then go to it. To me, that format should be the last resort to break a tie.
0: Yeah, yeah, that and that that's fair. Yeah. I just wish games weren't ending in ties. In terms of Josh Allen, we had this Wait, conversation. Real quick,
1: real quick. What about this? So right now you start at the 75 – you have 75 yards to go, right? Uh-huh, yeah. How about after each team – like, each team gets a possession uh, from there, then if they don't – if neither team scores, then you move up to the 50. And then if neither team scores, then you move up to the 25. Sure, so you, I like that. I think, I think that actually makes some sense. That's a little I, more one, football. The one thing I really hate, and it did not come into play yesterday, is just that, that you can lose the game without touching the ball. That makes no sense. Yeah. It's not fair at all.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's never been fair in, in the NFL, and I, I still don't know why they have that, that clause in there. If you get a touchdown, it's, it's all over. One thing, though, if they did that, the 75, 50, 25, then what they should do is let's say you have the ball first and you get intercepted and the opponent returns it to, say, the eight-yard line. Yes. That's where they get to start their drive.
1: I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I do as well. It's a it's a weird setup that they have. I also just anything that to to not allow ties.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's exactly where I, where I sit. Just do anything so that there's no ties <laughs> anymore. And, guys, in terms of Josh Allen, we had this conversation last year, and I got some heat for saying that the Broncos should have taken Josh Allen over Bradley Chubb. I think that is 100% clear mm-hmm. right now. And, obviously, putting Drew Locke to the side, because this is something that happened before the Drew Locke era. Guys, the stats that Josh Allen has this year are out of this world. 71% completion. So the guy that, you know, that was his biggest question, 71% over 1,000 passing yards, 10 touchdowns to one interception, and then tack on two more rushing touchdowns. So 12 touchdowns. He does have three fumbles. So 12 touchdowns to four turnovers. It's still pretty incredible. He has a pass rating of 124 and an 88 QBR. Josh Allen is balling, and his team is 3-0.
2: Yeah. You can't argue at this point now, based on the results that Josh Allen should have been the pick and uh, he's proving a lot of us wrong. I, I, he's proving me wrong because I did not, I didn't have him as highly rated as, as Baker Mayfield or or Sam Darnold going into the draft. That being said, you mentioned Sean McDermott in particular. I think you got to give a shout out to Brian Dayball, their offensive coordinator. And the bills in terms of their brain trust from GM Brandon Bean to coach Sean McDermott, to their coaching staff right now, that is as smart a football operations group as there is in the NFL. And that's helping Josh Allen along too.
1: Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen has proved a lot of people wrong, including I think all three of us. Um, He has done a lot right. And and I think you made the the most important points there, both of you. The coaching staff deserves a ton of credit. They found this guy's strengths, and everyone knew he had strengths, and they built around those strengths. And now not only do they have uh, the Josh Allen that they built around, but he is progressing right in front of their eyes and getting better every week. Um, He's awesome. And one thing I do love about Josh Allen is he has – proven what is what, what is always stated as a fact in the draft process which is oh a guy can't improve on his accuracy once he gets to the NFL it's it's never like an opinion that's always stated as fact it's just not possible you can't get better at, at being accurate once you get to the NFL well Josh Allen has now proved that wrong it's nice and fresh in our minds, so people hopefully will stop saying that and if they don't at least there's a counter to it
0: Exactly, and and Drew Locke is doing that same thing as well. Uh, at least he was before he got hurt. So yeah, some good examples there. Emma Wright or Amarillo says the offense is not on time. The offense is running late. Holding offense number sixty-eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Beautiful poem there, Emma Wright or Amarillo. <laughs> How
1: about this, guys? Garrett Bulls is on pace. Or double digit holdings once again.
0: No, Garrett. Yeah. No.
1: no, well, what nice, did you think did... of
0: that call
2: yesterday?
1: The, the holding on him. Yeah, I have to watch it again. Was it a bad call?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say it's a bad call. There are some who are like, okay, it's, they're saying it shouldn't have been called. I mean, the, the, pro, the, the thing is, there, there's a little bit of a loss of balance by the Buccaneer rusher, but at the same time, he kind of drives him in the ground and starts kind of locking, locking in with his arms, even though at least he's keeping his hands inside the shoulders. So he's doing better at that. But uh, unfortunately, that's one, of the one, that's one that uh, officials are going to look at. They're going to call it more often than not.
1: Yeah. So you're saying his reputation is getting him these calls.
2: His reputation did not help him yesterday.
1: That's a bummer, you know, uh, because I think he has gotten better. It's, it's clear on the film that he's a better player than he was last year. But 100%. Uh, you know, sometimes your past catches up with you. I just watched a movie about this. Oh, Uncut Gems. Uh, you know, this guy is just making all the wrong decisions. Have you guys seen it? No
0: no
1: Uh, okay well there's always movies about this where sometimes even when you clean up uh you clean up what your act your past you can never get away from
0: this is uh yeah this is isn't entirely related to that or connected to that but there's this meme and it, it's uh it says well 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 if it wasn't the consequences of my own actions.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I just yep. love that.
1: Yeah, that is uh <laughs> that's a pretty good way of putting it. Uh it's <laughs> it sucks. I I hope that maybe he can flip the reputation, but man, two holdings in three games. Um yeah. that's hard for anyone who is a Garrett Bulls hater. To it's going to be hard to argue with them when they have that in their back pocket yep and two straight games now too yeah tough
0: sausage saying a Harry chiming in for real if the broncos do not win against the jets on thursday night even with drew lock back in the fold the broncos go zero 16 for the season
2: no 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 they they don't it's not just it's not just getting drew lock back I, A.J. Boyer, you could say, has been almost as impactful in loss as Drew Locke, especially in the Steeler game.
1: Yeah. Honestly, if, if I, all, I, all I want to say to that is, do you promise? Because <laughs> that's a great scenario if it happens. <laughs> right? No,
2: no. You, you do not want to go through a winless season. I, I get Trev. that you would want. I get that you want the number one overall pick, but you do not want to get the number one overall pick by going zero and sixteen because the the problem with that is you will hear about that winless season until the end of time. It is something that your rivals will always be able to say. Hey, you guys went zero and sixteen. Detroit hears about it twelve years later. Tampa Bay here is about 0-14, followed by 12 losses after that in the following season to this day. And we're 44 years beyond going 0-14. So you know what, guys? I get that if it gets out of control, you want the number one overall pick, but you want the number one overall pick at least having one win. You do not want the over.
1: I I love when Macy's um... – Tampa Bay Scars show on the podcast. Um, you know
0: what? It, 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 if you're getting hounded for going on 16, and that's just when you say, Sorry, I can't hear you with all the 10 rings we have from Trevor Lawrence.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, what what the Chiefs fans are going to dunk on the Broncos for going 0 16 when Trevor Lawrence outduels Patrick Mahomes. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> and, and there's another functional thing here. After the Jets game, you play the Dolphins, Falcons, chargers twice and the panthers you're gonna get even if things get really out of control i think you win at least two of those yeah
0: Yeah. i mean i think the panthers right now seems like the most winnable game and they just without christian mccaffrey just beat the uh chargers
2: and that's why you put the chargers in there as as a game in this category as well because remember the chargers barely beat the Bengals and needed a a missed field goal at the end to avoid overtime in Cincinnati in week one. And yeah, they played the chiefs close. I get that. But I I think that was completely based around the uh, element of surprise that Justin Herbert provided because the chiefs had no film, no prep on him going into that
1: game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on here to Dan Burke. Hey, guys, bring on the messiness on Thursday. Y'all already know Gase has this game circled since the schedule came out, so I can easily see the Broncos losing this game. Remember the last two road games versus Adam Gase-led teams? The Broncos were outscored by 69 to 25. What were the – okay, so I remember the one in Miami. Uh, What was the other one?
2: That's got to be it. I mean, there's only the one game because yeah, he ass- wasn't the Jets coach in 2018 uh, the, the the Jets game in 2018 was Rick Dennison's revenge because he was the Jets run game coordinator
1: yeah yeah I think that uh uh I think he's confusing that that Jets game the last one with <laughs> Adam Gase being the head coach there that's that's my best guess muted Zach
0: <laughs> i'm not saying anything i'm
1: not muted <laughs> uh, I, 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 I saw your mouth open oh. uh, he says what do you think the repercussions will be for both Gace and fangio if their teams lose on thursday if gase loses uh you know they might leave him at the uh, well i guess they're at home um he might be be canned by friday morning yeah um if fangio loses I don't really think there's any repercussions other than maybe uh, the media starts talking about him being on the hot seat a, l- a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. it, and it's—I think it would be fair. I'm not saying it would be unfair, but I think that's probably the greatest possibility: is everyone starts asking, "Okay, is Vic Fangio going to be the coach after this season?"
0: Yep, I agree with both of those. I don't think Adam and- Gase is back if if they lose or lose in big fashion. And I think uh, and Vic will be back on Friday. But and the thing him,
2: with the yeah, the Jets have, a, have Greg Williams sitting right there on the staff too, who was the interim coach in Cleveland a couple of years ago and got him going the second half of the year. So the, the Jets have a ready-made option right there in play to take the, the reins.
1: I'll say this, though. Remember when we were talking about Vance Joseph in his last season and we said one of the main reasons you, can't, you don't fire Vance Joseph during the season is because there's no better option on the staff? Yeah, You mm-hmm. can't say that this year. Uh, So if things go Mm -hmm. wildly awry, I at some point probably will start talking about, hey, how, hey, the Broncos should take Mike Munchak for a test drive here in the last six games of the season or whatever it is, because we know they liked him once. Uh, So I'm not saying that's going to happen. And and this is, you know, getting way ahead of ourselves. But I remember, you know, I remember just having that conversation of they're not going to fire Vance Joseph in season because they have no one to turn to, which was Mm -hmm. a huge indictment of that staff. This staff doesn't have that.
2: Yeah, the other thing, though, that has to come into play, if things do get out of control, and we are having this discussion in a few weeks, can the Broncos afford to do it? Because that means you're eating the the rest of his contract. It's not like cutting a player uh, where it's only about the guarantee. You're eating every last dollar on that contract. And can you do that when you're losing uh, upwards of – Eight to $10 million of revenue per home game because you're not having fans in the stands or just having limited fans.
0: Yikes. That is an. Un- oh. No, no,
1: no. Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, uh-oh. <laughs> no. muted. Um, oh, by they, the they way, mean, don't forget they the must.
2: Jets they, and go back to the Jets for a sec. They've got our guy, Jim Bob Cooter, on the staff. Oh, JBC. <laughs>
1: um (laughs) i uh yeah i i don't know if the broncos can afford it maybe they can subtract 250k though from what they would owe him because of that stupid
0: (laughs) (laughs) man so easy just to have that clear mask like he did yesterday so smart then there's just no controversy
1: yeah, and, I mean, at a certain point, maybe you want it to fog up so you don't have to see what's going <laughs> oh on Oh, my
0: there. gosh. Could you imagine if he said that?
1: That would be great. He's like, what if you just see him like <laughs>
0: – Mick, <laughs> were you trying to hyperventilate? No, I just did not want to see the rest of the rest. He's so the sorry
1: game. I couldn't watch Pat Shermer's crap <laughs> offense out there. <laughs> or Tom McMahon. Jeez. Oh, that, man. That special oh. teams
0: is not looking good.
1: Well, I mean, we're only – what are we, uh, two two more years for Tom McMahon to reach the four-year plan. Uh, so maybe he has a four-year plan for himself, too, where they're mm-hmm. actually good by the fourth year.
2: Although you remember Tom McMahon when he was first asked about the long snappers over the course of the offseason. He did not seem like a, a man who was totally thrilled that uh, the Broncos had let Casey Kreider go to get more money as a veteran and keep and keep the long snapper on that rookie type of contract. So... I wonder how, I really wonder how Tom McMahon is feeling this morning.
0: Yeah, not good. LG yeah. LDJ chiming in. He says, Hey fellas, I'm not exaggerating, but I cannot remember the last time I've seen a Broncos team this bad. It's almost as if we weren't a professional team yesterday. I'm team hashtag and We trust. However, in LA, we bust as well. What could have Melvin Gordon's contract money gone to what could have draft picks gone to if we cannot protect the quarterback with a viable offensive line or at least protect quarterback play with a viable contract offer to a backup. Gosh, I wish we had Case Keenum now or Andy Dalton. Screw it, Stark Blake Bortles. Jeff is shameful. You cannot see wide open targets or make throws to wide open individuals. This is just sad, sad. In closing, I feel badly for Shelby, our highest rated player by PFF, that gives this team a chance to win every week since – Uh, and he's underpaid and getting older, and he's known is is losing since coming here. He deserves better, and I wish we could give him a $5 million bonus for all he's done here because he's going to be 29 next year and underappreciated, playing on a bad team. Thank you, Shelby. Man, do we suck. I'm trying to temper expectations, but this is unwatchable. Embarrassed to any Tampa fan that had to watch that hot garbage. Dude, I couldn't even be excited about fantasy because Tim Patrick got the touchdown and who's starting ta- Tim Patrick in fantasy football shake my head.
2: Okay. There's one thing I got to say LDJ and we always, always appreciate your comments, but you can't remember seeing a Broncos team this bad. And I'm thinking, what about the bills game last year? The jets game, the 49ers game in 2018, uh, Name any one of multiple games in 2017, the Patriots game, the Dolphins game, the Eagles game, the game in Washington. I mean, the question isn't whether yesterday was bad. The question is whether it even is in the top five bad games in the last three and a third seasons.
1: I would say it's not even close, to be honest, um, to being in the top five worst games in the last three seasons uh it's uh this team you know there's P- broncos fans and, and i understand why this happens but broncos fans can only see every game inside of a vacuum uh like as soon as the kickoff happens everything that everyone knows about the team just goes away it's it's a weird phenomenon uh whereas like as soon as the game starts 5 minutes before the game Everyone is saying, like, oh, God, this team, they're, they're decimated by injuries. They're starting Jeff frickin' Driscoll. All these things. Kickoff happens, everyone's like, they better win or I'm going to lose my mind. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't explain it. But I promise you guys that yesterday was not – I mean, they only lost by 18 points. We've seen them lose by, like, 30-plus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and this was against a good team. We've seen them lose, get blown out by bad teams. Remember the
1: Philadelphia game? Yeah, that's uh,
2: – he gave up a 50-burger to Philly. Uh, the, the Dolphin game – I mean, I would say the Dolphin game in 2017, the, the Adam Gase game that's already been mentioned, that's the one that kind of jumps out as the worst overall because you do factor in the quality of the competition there, and just ev- everything about that was piss poor right down to the fact that Isaiah McKenzie had yet another fumble that resulted in a safety – on a punt return but yeah it yesterday was frustrating but doesn't really it, it doesn't really add up to some of these other recent embarrassing losses that said if you lose thursday by double digits you're probably putting this game alongside some of those other terrible days that we that we're
0: talking about right now just skyrocket that to number one if that happens
1: <laughs> i think the, the phenomenon is everyone wants to think that this is rock bottom because once you've hit rock bottom, you can only go up. So anytime something bad happens, people just want to be like, this is it. This is rock bottom <laughs> because they, they think that, that that will somehow make the team bounce off the bottom and start going back up the other way. There's been like eight rock bottoms in the last three years, it, which means that none of the first seven were rock bottom. If this latest one is rock bottom.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yikes. E- e- Elroy Jetson chiming in. Hi, guys. Forgive me a slight rant. At this point, I'm angry and starting to feel like Munchak said, "Eff it. I don't care what happens here anymore. At this point, even if it is a bad thing, I want to see other tackles on the field. And for beep's sake, as someone pointed out to Shermer that the line is, see- is a sieve. It's a sieve. And a sieve. And he can't count on protection for what more than one count. Can we get a petition to the NFL to let the Broncos go to playground rules where we sit the offensive line and opposing D has to count one 1,000, two 1,000, then move so we can feel the team that looks like a pro team and not a pee wee league contender. South Park cutouts were appropriate this season. We are a bottom feeding comedy sketch. My only question for you guys does this ineptitude continue until the ownership nightmare
1: ends? Rant over later, fam. Hold on. Are we calling – was that a shot at South Park? <laughs> Bottom feeding comedy sketch? I guess it was. I, w- I won't stand for that. Uh, r- really quick, They're, they, that was like a, a, a low-key promo for the big South Park special that's happening this week. They're doing a one-hour pandemic special. I, 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 i'll be honest i'm a bad south park fan i haven't been like on top of it since i was in high school this one i think i gotta catch live
0: <laughs> yeah i didn't know that that was a promo but it makes total sense can you believe
2: the show's been on 23 years though
1: yeah that's crazy wow i mean Couple it was, buffs just doing their thing
2: it it was a the thing is it was a cultural touchstone when i was in college and that's when I, th- I think, like, I'm, when I when I saw the promo for the pandemic episode on Wednesday night, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's still. I actually said, it's still on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy to think that uh, those kids would have been graduated college by now, if and uh, in, like into the real world, maybe with kids, oh. if they uh, had properly aged.
2: Well, they're third graders, right? Yeah. Okay, so they they would literally be in their thirties.
1: <laughs> wow!
2: if they had aged from the start of the show when it first came on
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, that is something what was i gonna say about it? oh yeah you mentioned it was a it's a cultural touchstone when you were in college like when i was in high school if you didn't watch the most recent south park when it came out like you were completely left out of every conversation the next day
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i guess it's a good thing that i wasn't in your friend group brian because i yeah. did not watch south park at all
2: the only thing is i was lo- i was looking at the pictures was Terrence, were Terrence and Phillip anywhere in that crowd?
1: Oh, I did not see them, but they aren't technically part of the South Park town.
2: They're not part of the town, but uh, they're a big part. They're part of the entertainment. And of course, I mean, the movie was centered around the the kids going to go see the Terrence and Philip movie. I mean, I th- I, go ahead. Yeah. A foreign, it's a foreign film from Canada.
1: <laughs> I was, um, it was notable to me that they edited some of the characters a little bit. I don't know if you noticed, but Towley did not have red eyes. Mm. (laughs) Interesting.
0: (laughs) And I can only imagine why he has red eyes.
1: Yes. Uh, From Joe Turner, 96, I was a big fan of the Broncos putting South Park cardboard cutouts in the stands. However, I wasn't pleased with the Broncos putting five cardboard cutouts along the (laughs) offensive line yesterday. (laughs) It's pretty good. Also, this defense right now looks like it's lacking serious leadership. I bet they wish they had Todd Davis right now. That cut is looking worse with every game. I don't think they do because I, I have to assume they knew what was going to happen when they cut Todd Davis. Like, If they didn't, there's like a malpractice going on. They had to know this exactly what they were doing. They just wanted that money.
0: Right. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. was the easiest thing. I mean, they knew what Josie Jewell was. I hope but- so.
2: But it's a viable question. Who is the leader on each side of the ball? Now, that's where it hurts losing Drew Locke. But, you know, who are, who are the leaders of this team right now? I mean, we, you have a lot of guys who have shown leadership potential, but sometimes you just need that one alpha on either side of the ball. So, who is it? Uh,
0: Drew Locke. Yeah, it's is it Drew Locke and Von Miller? <laughs> you don't have you don't have those guys.
2: But you have but you have someone like Jerry J.D. who even has said that when Drew Locke is in there, his leadership it's uh, it's it's not necessarily vocal and forceful. It's it kind of more of a, a quiet type of leadership.
0: Okay, we'll yeah. go with we'll go with Philip Lindsay and AJ Boye. Yeah. Oh, well those I mean, guys are both who,
2: Who's who this week, who is MFing this team into oblivion?
1: Philip Lindsay, I would say, is the only one who I could see that happening from. Maybe Kareem Jackson. Uh, apparently, um, Melvin Gordon got in people's face a little bit yesterday. Yeah.
0: Wow, well, guys, need, they need that. The uh, The cold is coming. And as a coach once said, when it's cold, it's tough. It's tough.
1: <laughs> uh, I walked over to the bar this morning to do my segment on Broncos beat, and it was like a chilly 59 degrees it was tough
0: man (laughs) (laughs) we only have more of that in our future (laughs) next one from schmuck and a pancake says one should we have stuck with Skangs over Shermer?"
1: man this is a this is a, a hell of a conversation to have right now it to me it's not fair to evaluate anyone who just got here and and now doesn't have a quarterback but with that being said, I didn't like the move of firing uh, Rich Gangarello from the start, and now you see again, you know, you have a team with a bunch of guys who are in their first year in their system, like, it's, even Brett Rippon doesn't even have that much of an advantage over Blake Bortles, because only he's been in the offense for a couple months.
2: Yeah, and I mean if this offense goes sideways and isn't where you want it to be by the end of the year, I mean, are you really gonna do this again? Are you really going to have yet another offensive coordinator and have six coordinators in, in six seasons? I mean, you you kind of backed yourself into a corner. I I get the move, I understand the move, but um I think I think I would have come back. I would have had Skangs come back for this year.
0: Two, are we going to be a bad team until we figure out ownership? What is the latest with the family battle? I say we sell out and gift Jeff Bezos to get that KC money.
2: Trials uh delayed until next year because everything got pushed back because of the pandemic and so now it's and it, it's going to come up at an undetermined point in 2021. Um, but yeah, it's, but, yeah, it's it's but, a mess right now.
1: This is what I mean though where like losses happen and then everyone loses all their perspective. The Broncos didn't lose yesterday uh because of because of the ownership and I'm not, I'm not specifically calling out smoking a pancake here, but like it's the team is completely decimated by injuries and they have Jeff Driscoll starting as their quarterback. That is nothing to do with ownership. We we're not going to know what the Broncos could have been this year if they were even remotely healthy. Um you know, so I I just – we have to – we have to zoom out a little bit and just say like, okay, we can't make these broad strokes observations about the organization when most of their best players and th- what is it, three of their four highest paid players are are out right now. It's just I, – I can't do anything other than just point out you know like little individual things like there's i just can't make organizational wide i can't have those conversations right now
2: the reason why those conversations come up though is because you know clearly you've got you've got budget issues and the team having uh to to make decisions on finances and we are and of course we've alluded to the revenue that you're losing in in the stadium because you have few to no fans for games and so In this moment, you're saying, all right, couldn't we have spent a little bit more and gotten Chase Daniel or Jameis Winston to be the backup?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, if if Jameis Winston was the backup, people would have been calling for him by halftime of week one. I will say that. I, I will agree with that, though. And let me just ask you guys this if anyone other than Jeff Driscoll starts on Thursday, that's an admission, right? That every penny you paid Jeff Driscoll was a waste, right? Yep.
2: Because you're basically, you're, you're paying Blake Bortles almost the same amount anyway. So right. why you wouldn't con- you, why wouldn't you just sign Bortles to begin? Exactly.
1: With? Exactly. So you took two L's thanks to Jeff Driscoll and, and then admitted that it was all a waste. That, my friends is why I am very worried that the Broncos are going to announce him as the starting quarterback. Today.
0: <laughs> All right. Yes. That very well oh. could happen. Uh, and then he goes on and says four or three reflect on the days of Mr. B sigh Four. Tom Brady has a losing record against Denver. Bucks hadn't won in 25 years in Denver. Titans hadn't won in Denver since they were the Oilers. No back-to-back losing seasons in 30 years. The prestige of the Broncos is chipping away and I hate to see it.
2: I mean, don't forget—like there are other things you can throw on that fire. Like when Cleveland came in and won in Denver for the first time since 1990, and when Cincinnati came in in 2017 and won for the first—the first time in Denver since literally Paul Brown was their coach. I mean, there are so many things that made that distinguished the Broncos that have been lost in the last three and a half seasons.
1: Real quick though, Dan Burke here in the comments responded um, of the Scangarello Shermer conversation. Wentz has suffered a significant regression since Scangarello became his quote senior offensive assistant or QB coach, basically. And Daniel Jones is looking worse since Shermer left. So now nah, they made the right call. No, no, no. We're not going there. <laughs> there's there's no way that we're going to somehow attach Rich Scangarello to Carson Wentz regression. I that's That's completely unfair. Both of those quarterbacks, I will go ahead and put at least 90% of their problems on the fact that they aren't protected. Like, it's so clear this year. I don't know why it's so so clear to me this year. The quarterbacks who are protected are succeeding. The quarterbacks who who aren't are failing miserably. And it's like, it's never been more obvious. Uh, You look at Carson Wentz, he has no time. He's going to end up getting scarred for life by this uh sam darnold same way daniel jones same way watch these games it's not these guys it's it's the fact that they cannot operate an offense in there and then yes if you look into each play in a vacuum you'll see carson wentz missing wide open receivers that's not because he doesn't have the talent to hit wide open receivers It's because he's all in his head about what's going on around him and he's not able to just focus on getting to the ball to the right guy
0: yeah man i
1: also, if we're going to go there, Jeff Driscoll has regressed since Pat Shermer became his offensive
0: coordinator. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little hard to tie those uh, together just after three games.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, sorry. Uh, from Illinois Bronco, we, we'll get to that one in a second. But quickly, a shout-out to WGT. Hope you guys played in the major this weekend. Unfortunately, I didn't win the $200, even though I don't think I was allowed to, even if I did win. Um, congrats. To those who won, and uh, thank you to everyone who played along with us. If you want to play, anyone can play. It's, it's it's an easy game to get to learn. Just go to dnvrgolf.com and download that WGT app. is by far the best golf game for your phone. Zach's been playing it uh, for basically his whole life at this point. Uh, and unfortunately, I still suck. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to get over the hump. You know. Um, <laughs> But go to dnvrgolf.com, download WGT. And then once you get in there, go into country clubs, search DNVR three, number three, no spaces, uh, and join that so you can get in on all these fun tournaments and maybe even win some cold, hard cash.
0: Guys, Infinity Park out in Glendale is the new official training center of men's and women's USA Eagles 15s teams. That means Colorado is the place for rugby in the United States, and that means... The DNVR.com is the place for United States rugby coverage. Not only do we have great coverage on thednvr.com, where our reporter Colton Strickler does a great job breaking down the game, but we've also got the best coverage on the podcast side. So search for DNVR Rugby Podcast. And, of course, on Twitter, DNVR Rugby, where we have the best coverage of not just Colorado rugby, but American rugby. So make sure to check us out. On Twitter at DNVR Rugby, on podcasts at DNVR Rugby, and of course at thednvr.com. All, right. all
1: right, Illinois Bronco. Would I love a win? Of course. At this point, though, I just want to see something to give me hope. I'm watching all these other games around the league, and they all make it look easy. So easy to pass over the middle of the field. So easy to run the ball. So easy to score points. So easy to get sacked. So easy to get turnovers. The list goes on and on. When I watch the Broncos, I find myself just hoping for a first down. What <laughs> needs to change for this team to at least be competitive again? It's so true. And, and honestly, I've been going through this with the Buffs for years. You know, you go to the CU game and they're just struggling to move. And then you turn on the, the game of the night or whatever. And it might even be a Pac-12 game. And on and on. there, they're just saying, like, man, this Pac-12, uh, everyone just <laughs> scores at will in here. And I'm like, uh, not us. But... <laughs> Uh, it's, it is tough, man. And there's so many things that go into this and so many problems, but, uh, it sure does feel like the Broncos are a long, long ways away from anything like what we saw in that Sunday night football game last night.
2: Well, consider just where they are right now through three weeks, total offense 29th. They're one of four teams that is averaging fewer than 300 yards per game in total offense. And by the way, one of the other teams is budget exactly (laughs) points per game 15 i mean we were talking going into this season about how we expected this offense to be at least steadily 20 to 22 points it might uh, kind of have come with say 31 one week and and 13 the next week but do better 15 points a game guys that is 30th and one of the two teams trailing the broncos is
1: The Jets. The Jets.
0: (laughs) Guys, I'm going to take a different look at this game. Instead of saying this is two bad offenses playing each other on Thursday night, I'm just going to say that both offenses have good defenses on their own offense. And so the the defense on their own offenses just hold them back from, from being able to put up points. So it's really a defensive battle within their own offenses.
1: Uh, my head just uh. exploded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna look at this different, differently and say, take the under. Take uh, the under.
0: At, what is it? Forty, I believe, on 40. DraftKings Forty. I couldn't Book?
1: believe it was. Uh, I couldn't believe it was in the 40s, even though it's just 40.
0: Yeah, and that's like that's low, but yeah, I mean, I agree that.
1: Like I think they're counting this, on.
0: It's like 15 point per game teams.
1: I think they're counting on Sam Darnold to throw a couple pick sixes.
2: Or they're, or they're counting on the Broncos to be better than they've had because the Jets' defense, that's, that, that's pretty crappy right now, too. Now, obviously, the scoring defense is affected by some of the, uh, by, by the turnovers on offense, but New, York, New, York, New York's defense is, uh, in terms of total yardage, middle of the pack, in terms of scoring defense near the bottom.
1: I'm hey. already – uh, this is a side note, but I'm already annoyed uh, about how people are going to talk about how much better C.D. Lamb is than Jerry Judy because C.D. Lamb's playing playing in a competent offense and he's on pace for like 1,200 receiving yards this year. Jerry Judy's actually on pace for like 850 or something along those lines, but he's playing in whatever the hell this thing is. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm going to end up trying to make the case that Jerry Judy's season was actually more impressive because he was the first option – on a bad offense rather than the, the third option on a good offense meaning that you know cd lamb is getting favorable matchups week in and week out but i'm already annoyed that at the end of the season i'm gonna have to try and make that case and it's gonna be difficult
0: <laughs> it's frustrating that it's starting so early too yes Next one from tosser 66 Can't believe we are on a short week trip to New York City, away from being back-to-back 0-4 starts for the Denver Broncos. If we lose Thursday night, when we are fully in play for Trevor Lawrence, fellas, if we are 0-4, then I'd say let Drew get 100% healthy, which at that time we'll probably be around 0-8. Let him come back and see if he can get enough wins to stay out of the number one draft position. If he does what he did last year, then he is uh, then he is showing again that he can be the guy and gets 2021. If the teams end up bombing, then we get a generational quarterback. I've been a Drew Locke guy, but we need a franchise-altering shift, I'm afraid, right now. This is probably a crap take, but I'm at a loss.
1: It's not a crap take, except for the fact that I just don't think Drew is going to allow this team to be that bad. And, and so I think that however many games he starts, the Broncos win about half of them. Uh, and that's going to – it could potentially put you outside of the top ten Depending on how many games he starts. Even if you start 0-4 with the loss of the Jets.
0: Ugh. That would just be so bad to have the twelfth overall pick after what it looks like this season's gonna be. Ugh, yikes.
2: <laughs> All one. board for five
0: and eleven. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's... Well last time
1: the Broncos went five and eleven, they had the number five overall pick. They and did. this year that's just not gonna be enough.
0: No. Nope. Nope. Looking like a yeah, number 11th pick. If you do that, windy city Bronco Fangio keeps putting Oja on an Island on plays and he's gotten burned a couple of times because of it. That may not make sense if you want to win the Steelers game, but if you want him to be the strong cornerback three later in the season, it makes a ton of sense. Starting Wilkinson is clearly malpractice if you want to succeed in 2020. But if you want Wilkinson to be a long-term backup swing tackle, doesn't he need the game time? Playing Driscoll without the RPO is malpractice if you want to beat the Bucks. But if you want your other players getting reps on the offense, Drew Locke will be running in a couple of weeks as fans, we always want to win now, but maybe the coaches are taking the long view on this team, that they aren't very concerned with winning now, and they are more focused on developing the talent that this team will have winning in 2021. Do coaches think of the, in these terms, or am I just in the bargaining stage of the 2020 season?
2: Well, they think in those terms, yeah, but not it's not consistent on these guys, because I think they think in those terms of Nojimudia, and by the way, he had a good game yesterday, but with Elijah Wilkinson, I mean, you're talking about if he succeeds, he's a backup swing tackle. That's not something where you're investing playing time in a guy just so he can be a backup swing.
1: Yeah, well, malpractice is a very strong word, and it, and, it, and it has the that strength for a reason. And you said it right here, starting Wilkinson is clear malpractice if you want to succeed in 2020. Well, if you're playing mm-hmm. with your – Potential franchise starting quarterback on the field, and you're trying to tell me that you're developing a long term backup swing tackle, and that's important to you. Well, guess what that is malpractice, and that's how you got your quarterback hurt. so I'd love to give them the break here and say that they're somehow playing 40 chess. they aren't uh, they're just failing is really what it comes down to to me now, OJmuya. That's the only one where I'm like, yeah, okay, they're telling him to go out there and cut your teeth live. Pushing uh, Berry too. Right, and you're just going gonna to have ups and downs with that. But that's also because they don't have better options. With Wilkinson, it's just, it's just malpractice. It's just malpractice. That's what it is. All Wish right, Cassidy. On. Yeah, go ahead, man. Cassidy.
2: So here's the thing. The Broncos have lost three straight to three playoff teams, two of which might win their divisions. That's what playoff teams do. They beat non-playoff teams, which would be the Broncos. Two months ago, we said the ceiling of this team this season will be a wild card round win max, minus a Drew, a Vaughn, an A.J., a Cortland, and name a few. That makes the ceiling of this team 8-8. The sky is not falling because this injured, young, mediocre team lost to the NFL's most talented roster on paper. That being said, I will change my tune with the Jets' Hannes and L. After watching the Colts clobber the Jets, interior pressure on Sam Darnold is a must. How do you guys like the matchup of our D-line versus the Jets O-line this week and which Jets wide receiver poses the biggest threat?
1: Well, you have I've, to love any matchup against the Jets O-line right now.
0: Yeah, seriously. And, and I do like the Broncos' offensive line, so definitely should favor the Broncos, right?
1: Yes, 100%. Um, but the Broncos do have a habit of this of never taking advantage of offensive line holes the way that you think they're going to. Uh, I, I always hearken back to this this Bills game um, when the Broncos just had this amazing matchup against two backup tackles, and I thought, oh, man, they are going to feast. And I don't know if they sacked Tyrod Taylor once the entire game. Yep.
0: Yep. And, and the Jets' wide receivers uh... – I mean, th- this isn't a very scary group. Raxton Berrios, baby. <laughs> speaking, uh, uh,
1: and that reminds me, remember, uh, speaking of a bad group of wide receivers, remember when the New York Giants came to Denver and all of their receivers were injured? <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. And the Broncos got it handed to them.
1: I think it was 23-10 to 10 was the final score. Was that a week four game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. No, it,
2: it, was uh, it was a week oh, no. six game.
1: Post by uh, week, right? Yeah,
2: post by.
0: Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Broncos were
1: three and two.
0: Three and after, one going into the game. three that. and one.
1: Yeah. Yikes.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's been some dark times here. And
1: what about um the other Jets game? The uh the Roby Roby Day game. Was that they, a week four game?
2: That was a week five game, I believe. I think they were I think they were 2-2 and going into it. Wasn't the previous game the Monday night loss to Kansas City where Case Keenum overthrew DT late?
1: Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Yep, I remember Zach saying before the Kansas City game, like, don't look at the Kansas City game, look at the Jets game. That's the game (laughs) that the Broncos have to have. Uh, And then Sam Darnold to Robbie Anderson. And then, oh, who was the running back that went for, like, 200 yards or something crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't even remember. <laughs>
1: uh, he had a he had an interesting name. Bilal Powell maybe? Yeah,
0: Bilal Powell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. That that entire game just oh man. Isaiah Crowell as well. Yeah. They had both yeah, Crow yeah, Bilal Powell had 99 yards on 20 carries crowell had 219 yards on 15 carries i mean 323 rushing
0: yards yikes
1: oh man all you can do is laugh all you can do but that's what i mean like i cannot simply look at how bad the jets are and be like oh this is uh this is a dub for the broncos this week i've i've been hurt too many times
0: (laughs) you've seen it before that's for sure Yep. Yeah. Next one from me, chow. Remember as recently as last Monday when there was no way they could lose to the jets. Do the jets have living, breathing human beings who can rush the passer. Yikes. Never say never. When it comes to the depths of the abyss, this Broncos team can sink to under Elway's roster construction.
1: Again, we're just, we're, we're yes. Elway's roster construction minus Vaughn, AJ, Phil, drew and Cortland is poor. You take away five of anyone's best eight players, their roster also sucks.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
1: Mace, Count
2: Locula. Yep, I got it. Count Locula. I'm going to prepare my crypt for a long winter slumber, my gents. Time has come to drink the blood of mortals and then snuggle up with an ancient tome about Super Bowl's past. It likely be Mace's book that accompanies me in my darkest chamber while I snuggle myself in a blanket woven of cheese and heartache. Good night for now, dearest souls. I'll emerge when the young Count Locula starts vanquishing enemies and stealing the life from those that have taken so much from us this last half decade. Sweet dreams. Love the Count. Wow.
1: I hope it's a yeah, joke. They,
2: yeah, I hope so, too. I don't want to think that Owen 3 broke the count.
0: I'm. I just can't get past that. Uh, the cheese blanket that he's wrapping himself in. I mean, what cheese are we talking here, Count?
1: String cheese, just like oh,
0: you. Oh, throw in the microwave. Oh. That's a nice warm blanket, I'd say. Ooh.
1: <laughs> Zach loves a nice string cheese blanket.
0: <laughs>
1: wow, man, that
0: sounds good. I may need to wrap myself one of those for Thursday night. We'll see. <laughs>
1: Oh God. H-Town Bronco. The season was over the moment Juwan James opted out and we stuck with Wilkinson. He's going to be beat every game. Also, Justin Simmons is making John Elway look real smart out there. Just doesn't look good. Let him walk. Man, it's crazy how quickly uh, the player becomes the enemy around here. Um, (laughs) And it's not just H-Town Bronco. It's like my Twitter feed is like anti-Justin Simmons city. Um, that the the fair that where you're right is that he is making John Elway look smart because he's not been a difference maker uh, this season. He played well in Week Two, but one for three is not going to cut it. Um, Joan James really did, man, put this team in a tough position, and and that's that was completely his choice, uh, and he is completely in the right to do what he believes is best for him and his family. So. We'll leave it we'll leave that there, but man, that really is I mean, we we had like a panic esque podcast after that, and there it was for a good reason. Yeah.
2: And yet you think about it, of all the players in the Broncos starting lineup, if one was going to opt out, don't you think he was the
0: most likely?
1: Y- yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, man. It, it, they, the thing is, John Elway did something. He got DeMar Dotson, the coaches, or John Elway, whoever makes that decision, just have not put him in. And this kind of all boils down to Yellow Mustard's next comment, which
1: is pain. Pain That's indeed. It. Pain. True Champ fan also has a uh, an on-point comment here. He says, I have no positive input on this game. <laughs> And then he says, RK, I sent your pizza money. Did you get it? Hoping I did not pay some random schmuck. Um, let me double check here. Opening the Venmo account. Did he pay a random schmuck? He did. He got me. He got me. He paid the random schmuck. It was <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, and he actually uh, paid a little more than Zach did. Oh, so, wow. So... <laughs> Little tip on the, on the edge there for <laughs> the good folks at the pizza place. <laughs>
0: Man, so how many pizzas have you uh, have you won this year?
1: Yeah, I'm net. I'm a net plus four on pizzas. Wow, that's um, not too shabby. I did make a bet with uh, one of our members na- uh, named Patience, who was a Lakers fan. Uh, so now I'm plus four net pizzas minus one strawberry sky at the bar
0: <laughs> well that's i mean you're still very much on the right side of that yeah i'm in the green <laughs> brian boz says listen fans have to relax stop saying fire fan you i'm a diehard too but i understand football we have eight starters out any team with their starting quarterback left tackle wide receiver running back cornerback defensive end middle linebacker and outside linebacker happen who happened to be von frickin miller would look bad we're gonna get guys back and this team is gonna look better as the season goes on and from a long-term perspective fangio's defense always hits its stride in year three our extremely young team is going to develop we will be fine we probably won't make the playoffs this year but this team finally has a plan and in my opinion a bright future
2: yeah, both RK and I were shaking our head at the whole Vic Fangio's defense hits its stride in year three because you know it happened. It happened in Chicago, okay, but in San Francisco, it hit its stride immediately. He it, it was top five the first year he got there, fourth, third, and fifth. But then other other places, like for example, Carolina. The defense was 15th in his third year. Indianapolis, the defense was 29th in his third year. Houston, the defense was 23rd in his third year. All places where he's been defensive coordinator. So it happened in Chicago. Doesn't mean it's going to happen here. The l- other long-term trends reveal something different.
1: Also, like three weeks ago, we were saying that Vic Fangio's defense has hit their stride in year two. <laughs> oh man. I have to see – I need to see a lot from Vic Fangio, man, because I'm seeing nothing right now, uh, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I I cannot sit here and say it's going to hit its stride in year three, four, or any other time until I see legitimate elite defensive play calling from Vic Fangio. And maybe it is because they won't put him in the damn box. But whatever it is, I'm not – I'm not even seeing good defensive play calling right now. I'm seeing average at best defensive play calling from a guy who was brought here for one reason to be an elite defensive play caller.
0: Well, that's going to be tough with this news coming down the wire right now from Ian Rappaport. Jarrell Casey has suffered a potentially serious arm injury. Sources say another Denver defender who's 2020 is now in doubt. He's having tests. Good. I Lord, mean, man, we talked about how you know six guys are out. Just add another one, another Pro Bowler.
1: Okay, so oh. we said four of the six Pro Bowlers. We we know just right now that he's not playing Thursday. Um, so now we're at five of the Broncos' six Pro Bowlers. Who's left? Melvin Gordon. Wrap him in bubble wrap. Save Melvin.
0: Hey, uh, I guess uh, Royce Freeman looked good, didn't he? I mean, he had a first down for him yesterday.
1: He did. Royce. Good things have happened this year when Royce Freeman steps on the football field. I, I can, uh, I can explosive. give him that. I, we said it in training camp. At least we were right about something. <laughs> All
0: right. Oh, yikes. Uh, and uh, Brandon Kristall saying, Drell Casey tore his bicep and is done for the year.
1: <sighs> wow honestly like is can we i don't know what, what 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 can we do here can they just call it good just forfeit the rest oh man they don't that, have to worry about filling stadiums they're the last game on any network anyway i guess i gotta and, play well, Thursday well, I football.
2: not not anymore because they took an early game and made it a 225 game when they go to new england they're not the, la- they're, they're not the last they're Oh. Uh,
1: just please make never ask can
2: it get any worse i know if we've I learned know. anything from this year in football and in life never say it well it can't get worse than this bull plop i almost said something else it always can it keeps getting worse worse
1: well, I, I, I can't get over this man think about the money what are, are we up to over thirty percent of the salary cap now? Injured?
2: Well, this this probably pushes the number of players uh, that are hurt uh, that'll be on IR in terms of salary cap because consumption to what this is north of fifty nine million because Jerrell Casey's thirteen mil this year, right? Or he's thereabouts.
1: Uh, yeah. Or is about it twelve it million? Third, yeah. Twelve. Twelve point seven five or something.
2: You're approaching sixty million dollars of cap commitments that are going to be on IR. That's more, without, that's, that's more than your first eight opponents combined.
0: They're without all of their pro bowlers on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, wow.
1: what are we even doing here? Wow. I, uh, <laughs> this is... Who is starting on the defensive line this week? Uh, Desha- Deshaun Williams. My,
2: Mike Purcell. Deshaun Shelby Keithy Harris. Williams, and Deshaun Williams. And Deshaun Williams probably because uh, he got more snaps than McTelvin and Jim did yesterday.
1: This wow. is unbelievable.
0: Wow. 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 And we were just talking about, you know, Vic Fangio and grading him and pastor Rett comes in and says, Munchak bad question mark discuss.
2: Mm. Uh, no. And, yeah. uh, first of all, Cushionberry didn't have a preseason, didn't have OTAs, uh, it was a bad game for Glasgow, but he's going to be fine long term. I think Reisner will get better as the season goes on. And as we mentioned earlier in this podcast, Garrett Bowles is playing the best football this career. So,
1: yay!
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> it's something. It is, it is. It is.
2: Yeah. So no, I mean, Monk, Monk Shack – he's he's not dealing with a a stack deck at right tackle right now but um I'm not I'm not putting a lot of this on him and if anything if you're going to say that talk about the offensive line struggles then in fairness to Munchak you have to mention the fact that clearly he's making a difference with Garrett Bowles
0: yeah Mike Munchak is not bad Mike Munchak is not the problem certainly not And Nick Scott comes in and says, I'm sorry, but I just don't see Simmons as an elite safety. I hope he proves me wrong at some point this year, but for now, I think Elway made the right call. Uh, I can't say he's wrong.
2: He's not playing
0: elite right now. Yeah, in in two of the three games, he's really struggled. So that's not not a good uh, trend for Justin.
1: Honest question, though, like, is there something – is there a different plan the Broncos could do here? like uh, it honestly seems like dangerous to play valuable players at this point.
0: And you know the worst time to play players is on a short week, and now that's what you gotta do. You turn around on a short week.
1: Yeah, like protect Drew Locke at all costs, protect Philip Lindsay and Jerry Judy and k j Hamler and just just save everyone.: Yeah.
0: This is just. This is brutal, guys. This is brutal.
1: Yeah, we talked about the lifeboat boys last year. Like, fill the lifeboat and send it far, far away from wherever we are right now.
0: Well, they they filled the lifeboat. It's on the IR. <laughs>
1: yeah, the the, the the IR is the lifeboat.
0: <laughs> is there a reason that that Drew Locke isn't on there then? Mm, is because they have Trevor in their sights? Oh god. Oh
1: boy. <laughs> so we just talked about how important how easy it is and important to get it- uh, interior pressure on this jets and the Broncos just lost their <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yikes. Oh my goodness.
1: Crazy. Yikes. I mean I I just don't know what else there is to say. Uh we'll find some stuff to to say tomorrow. Uh but <laughs> we're out of things to say today. Uh it's our job so we'll figure it out. Uh, WGT golf. That's where you need to go to get in on some fun that you probably need some fun in your life right now. Go to dnvrgolf.com to download the app. It's the most realistic free golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world and almost 750 members of the DNVR family. So go in there and go to the country club section, go to DNVR three, no spaces join in and play with all of your fellow DNVR family members. You cannot One thing I know about your golfers in WGT is they cannot get injured. And that's (laughs) got to be worth something. But for today, I believe that wraps it up for us on the DNBR Broncos podcast. Nobody move. Stay exactly where you are. Don't get hurt. We'll talk to you later.